Good morning. Wherever you are, you can see that I'm at home. And uh, this is our morning room. We have Southwest artifacts all around us as we think of the Southwest. And I'm thinking of you today and of all the other members of the parish and of all the other people in our communities, wishing you well, hoping it will not be too long before we can be together in person in our beautiful parish church, St. Luke's. But today we have a very familiar virtual congregation and we'll have a very familiar set of lessons to talk about this morning. It's the topic of the Good Shepherd. So, and I don't imagine very many of you needed to follow the text of the Psalm that we read together this morning. It's something that almost everybody knows about or knows sufficiently to recognize. When I preside at funerals for families who only occasionally attend church, I ask, about a preference of Psalms. And it's obvious that the only one most of them can think of is the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. The image of the good shepherds is known to Christians and known about Christians. One of the earliest Christian images discovered in the catacombs of Rome is a fresco of Jesus with a lamb on his shoulder. But it is a fairly foreign experience for most of us unrelated to our own circumstances. So why should this be such a strong image for us? In our culture, the image of the shepherd is not only foreign, but archaic. Or we may think of sheepdogs herding flocks across the Great Plains or have seen travelogues of sheepdog trials in the highlands. Groups of rams and lambs being crowded into pens or corrals. Our flocks are big and industrialized, but those images are not the concepts obvious to the people in biblical times, not in the years of Jesus's ministry, nor earlier in the times of the patriarchs and prophets when the Psalms were written. Maybe some of you remember the film Babe. It's about a young pig who successfully escapes the fate of most pigs and tutored by the dogs learns to herd sheep. People actually don't, aren't fast enough or agile enough to herd a group of lively animals like sheep, yet we think of sheep often as herds. The English word derives, of course, from sheep herder. The term reflects a different relationship between sheep and humans than does the gospel's imagery. I suspect the word in Aramaic for shepherd is not derived from herding. I should have asked Father Cockrell. Remember the 23rd Psalm, it's not about herding, it's about leading, and thus about following. Is the image of being herded or being led more appealing to us? When we hear the scriptures references to sheep, it's almost always about following. Yet it's not blind following, but about following in trust. We can follow or not. That's one of the strong concepts of Jesus as a shepherd. We go because we know him. We go because we trust him. We go because he calls us by name. He could turn, we could turn in another direction. He'll move on to the green pastures and the still waters. 
with those who choose to follow him. I like to think of those sheep in Jesus' flock as having free will. Sheep who are herded don't have much free will. In Peter's letter, he reminds those he is teaching that they are free to do as they choose. He reminds them that they had once chosen to go astray to turn off the path that their shepherd was on, but they have now a new opportunity. He praises them. Now you have returned to the shepherd. And because they've done this without anybody pushing them, anything nipping at their heels, they will have a guardian for their souls, someone who will care for them. If this is the same Peter as the disciple of John's gospel, remember it's he whom Jesus commands to feed my sheep. The images of flocks and shepherds and sheepfolds are not perhaps the most comfortable for modern Christians. I'm not sure just what modern choices of living conditions we might use for the metaphors of salvation. But we're surely able to enter their history sufficiently to realize just why Jesus and later his followers, like Peter, use these images. Jesus is urging us to live our lives freely according to our own will. That's the way the shepherd leads. Jesus, the shepherd, knows who's following. He doesn't need to count or to turn around. Those who choose to come with him on the journey to salvation are the ones he wants. If you follow, you will be with him. If another field looks better, you have the option to turn away. And following Jesus is not just about still waters and green pastures. We have to decide if we are strong enough and love enough to follow him to the more difficult places too. It's not a route that leads directly to safety and ease. Are we ready to give up the routines of normal life to listen, to teach, to feed the hungry, to comfort the oppressed, to heal what is broken? Are we ready to be mocked, to be called traitors, to leave parts of our life behind so we can follow Jesus, to be punished for what we choose, to give our lives? Jesus makes it quite clear that he is setting a challenging course. He offers us the chance to follow or not. He's not deceptive. Follow if you are willing to go the whole way yet you are always free to turn back. It's interesting to me that the writer of John's Gospel feels it necessary to tell us explicitly that he's using a figure of speech, a metaphor. He somehow needs to point out to the readers that Jesus isn't really talking about sheep, nor is the writer talking about a real herder of sheep. He doesn't want us to take his words literally. The texts we have are all revised and retranslated, rearranged. We are in many ways cautioned to understand the heart of Jesus's message, not merely the imagery, not merely the words of the plot. We need to remember that the shepherd stands for and that these modern words are many layers away from what Jesus actually said. Somehow, in spite of our personal distance from flocks of sheep, 
we can understand in our deeper shelves how much we yearn for one who will lead us to a good place, who expects a great deal of us, whom we can count on to let us decide for ourselves whether to go along or not, one who keeps his promises. There are obviously many others waiting to lead or herd us along to other destinations. In this time of uncertainty and apprehension, I pray that you will stay safe. You're my dear friends. And that you will find a way of life that helps you save yours in all the senses of save. Be one who has come to understand the grace and strength of your own faith. In choosing what to give your trust to, what shepherd you want to follow. When you follow, you may then lead others. Then surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where I trust, we will not have to stay six feet apart. Amen. <laughs>